1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Untold Stories of Broadway podcast. This week we have Eric William Morris, and here we are with more exciting stories about Circle in the Square.
0: This is Eric William Morris, and you are listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh-huh.
1: I have to ask now because this is a, one of my favorite things. You also told me for my book. You had a full circle moment with Celia Keenan-Bolger about spelling bee. You're going to have to tell us about
0: it. Uh, <laughs> am I telling you about it or is it in here? It's
1: in here, but you're going to, but
0: that's not the story that you want that no, I'm no, reading. You, you oh, tell, tell you it. both. It's Great. You can tell a full it. circle in the square <laughs> moment with Celia <laughs> oh, Keenan-Bolger wow. who played, um, who's the original Olive Ostrovsky in spelling bee. Right. So I, um, I used to clean up the theater during that time. And I also, another part of the Porter job, the other role I was speaking about, the other Porter role that you could do was the backstage area. And a lot of that had to do with making sure after all the actors left that, you know, like candles were blown out in dressing rooms and that you cleaned everybody's bathroom and you collected their trash and you locked the door and you, you took care of the dressing rooms. Uh, and so I kept my head down a lot and didn't want to bother any of the actors. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't want to be like, "Oh man, like I'm studying to be an actor, and like you're so good." Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were all so sweet and so kind. But I didn't really like speak to any of them. But every time they'd walk in, and be like, "Hi, how are you?" I'd be like, "Good," you know. Like, <laughs> wouldn't bring anything up. And she was always so kind. I never introduced myself to her, and I must have seen her four hundred times. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I never. But she obviously knew who I was. So at that point, but that was two thousand and. 6 do yeah. that uh, so then fast forward to 2010 maybe there's an R's Nova cuz an R's Nova like uh it was like their 10 year anniversary or some some benefit we were doing at the remember the casino space mm-hmm. where they did The Great Comet. Yes. Uh, And so we were doing sort of like a gala there, a fundraiser. Uh, And I say, I say, we, uh, the cast of Blood Song of Love, was a show that I did at Ars Nova that Joe Iconis wrote. That I continue to do stuff with him today, and he's one of our, you know, dear friends. Um, But we did this, we did this gig there, and Celia Keenan Volger was. was emceeing the whole thing and she was introducing people. Bridget Everett sang there. It's the first time I saw her and I lost my mind watching that. But Cecilia Keenan Bulger was, you know, MCing the thing and a part of it at the casino space. And then we sang a song called Outlaw from Blood Song of Love. And she like got blocked into it and like learned a couple of <laughs> harmonies. And I at one point I was playing the guitar and I needed to share a microphone with her. And so we were like at the rehearsal for it and I was like playing and she was singing a harmony and we were singing in a microphone together and she was just looking at me, you know? And I was kind of like, I I know what's going on here. And she just was like, wait, have we worked together before? And I was like, kind of. (laughs) I, we literally did. I used to clean your dressing room and she was like, get out of here. So she thought that was, that was the coolest thing. And so did I, cause that was a full on, cause then I could be like, and I just need to tell you, like, you're so good. And like, you guys were such a special cast. And I went into it at that point. But yeah. that was a fun, bizarre, like, cause she seems like such a sweet human being that she actually, like, recognized me as the guy from six years ago who kind of kept his head down and must have cleaned the trash out of her dressing room. And she, was like, hey, I remember your face, which is really cool. Yeah
1: even though I don't know anyone who's had your exact journey of you know cleaning the theater and then rehearsing another Broadway show at night, there are these stories that pop out of like, you know, Douglas Carter Bean was a doorman at a Broadway theater while yes. he was writing um, and our friend Annie Golden actually did a show at that theater at the time and kept being like, hey kid, what are you writing? And oh, you know, they ended up doing Xanadu together. Get so, out. Yeah. there That's are there. And you story. know, Aaron Sorkin bartended at the palace and he wrote A Few Good Men on Napkins as he was bartending. He started to write it, which then played the music box. No. Um, isn't that freaking crazy and there's like a few i mean jesse tyler ferguson sold merchandise at cats there there's just like you know there's, there's gotta be a lot of merchandise, merchandise ones. For sure. yeah for yeah.
0: sure that's cool for sure, for
1: sure um so what um has it been like kind of going back to circle in the square to like see shows and yeah. post spelling bee i know you worked there yeah on I, i'm show. gonna go
0: see oklahoma i think next week actually oh, yeah. i'm very it's excited so i know i haven't been able to see it uh since i was in king kong and now i'm gonna go to see it. i'm very excited about it but i go back there a lot because um, Alan Langdon it was one of the main acting teachers at Circle and still is and is, is, has become a very dear friend of mine. I actually just went to a Mets game with him a couple of nights ago. Um, he's this wonderful sort of like sage actor, trainer, incredible man. But uh, So I went back there, like I said, to speak last week, and Alan was there just like sitting there <laughs> listening to me speak to all these kids, and I had such a bizarre moment because um, I used to remember um, – when they bring in other professional actors while I was a student to do these workshops, I remember Brad Oscar coming in and me sitting there and just being like, oh, my
1: God. Like Brad <laughs>
0: but going back in there, it feels like very uh, open arms welcome for all those people. Because during the daytime, it is a school. So I know if I walk in there Monday through Friday at, like, 2 p.m., whatever, when there's not a matinee, that... You know you can walk right past the box office, and they won't they won't stop you totally. because they kind there. of know that it's like, "Oh, that must just be somebody associated with the school. I'm just not going to let them just walk around back. I love that I'm saying this publicly. <laughs> you could just walk right <laughs> into the theater anytime you want. go right past the box office. Nobody cares, which is not true. No. Um, but they do know that you know your way around there, so uh yeah i have I have wonderful nostalgic memories every time I'm in that space, yeah.
1: There's also this thing where, um, because there's not a separate stage door, because the stage door just kind of trickles out of the lobby. And, there's no stage yeah, door. Yeah, there's no stage door. So, um, you know, when I was on Godspell, it's like I feel like we were we spent more time with the box office people than you might usually, just because they're right there, and you would see them when you came, and you would see them when you left. That's totally true. Um, and that kind of adds to the camaraderie as well. I yeah, feel. the front
0: of house and the back of house staff at Circle in the Square like need to know each other because there's just one way out. Right. Yeah, there's like there's obviously you know, some fire exits and there's an elevator if you need to use it, but unless you're going those two ways, there's just either a staircase or an escalator and they're in an X and you could see each other on the way up and down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah unique house in that way um, I also you reminded me of this with your beautiful Bradley Dean story but one of the best parts of Godspell at Circle in the Square was it's how I met our friend Julia Madison yeah. who covered all five female roles and who went on for all five female roles
0: can I tell you something I was there last week and in the lobby of Circle in the Square there's pictures of every it's production photos of every show that has really ever been there yeah. um, and the the picture of Godspell she must have been on that day because she's in it
1: she was on almost every day That's, I, mean, I don't know <laughs> yeah, what no, track no, she I, was doing but right, I walked by and
0: I hadn't seen that picture and it's like Julia must have been on that day because she's immortalized in this picture now I in the lobby. I love that. I yeah. don't even
1: think I noticed that. I love that the, if you go to Circle in the Square, all those pictures are in the lobby. Um, Celia, actually, when I interviewed her, Keenan Bolger, for the book, she talked about how funny it was with all the spelling bee stuff that was in the lobby to emulate the middle school. Oh my it God. was like, you know, a picture of, you know, someone had drawn in kindergarten and then it's like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Drew <laughs> yeah, West. Yeah, yeah. So like there's something the, that says, like, no bullying
0: zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then there's like Kevin Klein. You like, yeah, what? Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's kind of the beauty of the space. Um, yeah, what was interesting about Godspell, and um, I'm going to let you take a look at this story. You're going to read and I'm going to tell a little Godspell story. Great. Um, So Circle in the Square was the second Broadway theater I ever worked at um, because uh, that's where the Godspell revival was. But very weirdly, the first Broadway show I ever worked on was uh, Title of Show. And during that time, I um, talked to Danny Goldstein, who was working on this Godspell revival that was coming to Broadway. um, And he asked if I wanted to apply for the like director observership position. And I did. And I was like, this would be the biggest dream of my life. I got to work on Title of Show and then I was going to get to work on the Godspell revival, um, and was, you know, so psyched, um, didn't get the job as sometimes you do not get it, was very upset and, you know, sad about that. Um, the Godspell revival was canceled. It never transferred from paper mill. Um, a couple years later, I was working for Ken Davenport and we ended up doing that production and bringing it to Broadway at circle in the square. So I did get to work on Godspell, um, a very, um, you know, three years of kind of dreaming of doing it and then got to do it. Um, and one of the coolest things about circle in the square was really that I felt like Like, we moved fully in. Like, for years afterwards, people would tell me they were finding the Godspell confetti, who, you know, people in other Circle in the square shows. I think even during Fun Home, someone was like, I I found some confetti under the carpet. Um, We, you know, really immersed ourselves in the space. The musicians were, like, spread throughout the audience. Um, The cast was, you know, running around the place. So we really got to kind of make the space our own. Um, And yeah, it was a pretty magical time. I also feel like in the past few years, as it's had like Fun Home, so many other shows uh there's just become like more love for circle as people have become more interested in immersive theater yes it's really the only space where you can do that it. that is
0: very well observed that's a very well yeah yes people are a lot more into immersive theater it feels like um it, it it feels like that when you're there even if it's not staged to be immersive you do feel like you're looking at other audience in members it.
1: yeah yeah and it's um because theater in the round happened after oh. all the broadway theaters were built like none of them were built for that no um Hopefully, maybe in some years, we'll have more then, immersive
0: space. Yeah, well, the great Comet, they did that with right. the Imperial, which is really cool, because I remember I was sitting on stage... Uh, at the performance that I saw of Grey Comet, and I was like, I've been on the stage as an actor. Now I'm sitting here as an audience member, and I'm looking out at this house, and it does not look totally. like it did when I was here before. I yeah. should also
1: say, for a history's sake, um, Circle Square is actually the second Broadway theater that did theater in the round. Um, the Edison Hotel has a ballroom, which is like now an event space and yeah. an open as an event space. But in the '50s, very briefly, that was the first place where they did Broadway theater. They did Broadway shows in the round there, um, and that was as the movement was getting started. And Circle was the second. Well, was, and-
0: was it called the Edison? it Um, it was
1: not called the Edison back then Um, it was called the center gosh I might even be could I be getting that wrong? Putting you on the spot oh man no but I mean usually I know I will say also um, as far as circle goes um, the circle in the square and Gershwin building were built on the site of a very famous movie theater the Capitol that stood for years across from the Winter Garden Um, so you know there's theater history there's layers and layers everywhere everywhere
0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, do you want to regale us with a Laura Linney story
0: about Circle? Of course, I want to regale you with a Laura <laughs> Linney story. Uh, so, this is Laura Linney speaking about my alma mater, Circle in the Square. Uh, well, the space, not the school. Anyway, here she goes. <clears throat> I loved Circle in the Square. I loved that theater. A lot of people didn't. It had a bad reputation when I worked there because people thought the theater was like a basketball court. It's in the round, but elongated, so the auditorium is the shape of a long pill. (laughs) I thought that worked really well for our production of Holiday, and I went to college with the theater in the round, so I was used to playing those sort of diagonals. I just love the history of that place. I love that Colleen Dewurst had worked there a lot. Josie Abaday was the co-artistic director when I worked at Circle in the Square, and she was wonderful. I enjoyed coming to work there every day. One funny thing was that my dressing room had cigarette burns everywhere. (laughs) On the tables, in the shower, I guess whoever I inherited my dressing room from was a big smoker. Broadway rarely closes, and we had enormous blizzards during the run of Holiday. I have memories of getting out of the subway and trying to make my way to Circle in the Square in four feet of snow. I had a conversation with the box office treasurer during that time that totally changed the way I look at, th- at a theater schedule. We had performances on Christmas Eve and Christmas, and I went to him and I asked, is anyone really coming? Does anyone go to the theater on Christmas? And he told me, yes. And let me tell you something. Most of them are single seats. We are two-thirds full for both performances in single seats. I never feel bad performing on a holiday now. I look at it very differently." Broadway is interesting geographically because there's a whole different culture when you're in a show on 45th Street with all those theaters and show folk grouped together. And then there's a different feel if you're working in a theater on the wrong side of the street. But no matter what the theater's reputation, each theater has a different history and that's what makes working on Broadway exciting. There are even newer theaters that are building up their own history and you get to be a part of their beginning. Circle in the Square is sort of like your exotic cousin that people don't know how to talk to, but once you figure it out, you discover he's really great. (laughs) Some directors just don't know how to use it well. It takes a particular type of director to know how to use a unique space like that, and also material that leads itself to the round, lends itself to the round, excuse me. Of course, it's a different experience for actors too, to be completely surrounded by the audience. There's a certain psychology that comes with having a, a back wall where you feel less exposed. Circle in the Square is exhilarating. When you're up there, you're up there. There's nothing protecting you. Ironically, there's also no stage door at Circle in the Square, so you have to go out the front. Sometimes you might feel shame and want to sneak out the back, but at Circle, you have to show your face because the front door is also the back door. (laughs) I love that Circle in the Square is more appreciated now. I was so scared for a while that they would knock it down or something would happen to it. It comes and goes as far as popularity, but it's such a great theater. I'm so happy for it when there are good shows going on, like... Like, I know there are now.
1: It's true. Boom. Um, I just... That holiday thing really gets me every time. Um, yeah, you you have
0: actually <laughs> said that to me. That's before. I got it from
1: Laura Linney. She said that to me in a cheese shop. It's in my book. Because I was like, I never realized that before. And we all, you know, treasure working on Broadway. But of course, when you're doing the Christmas week schedule, yeah. the New Year's week schedule, you're like, oh, God, I'm so tired. But her saying that about the single, single tickets, tickets, I was like, yeah.
0: But I, I go to theater alone by myself a lot. But yeah, you think... Yeah, what am I going to do tonight? I'm going to go to a show. Yeah, exactly. it's it's what makes Broadway magical in this city. Really feel like a community. Totally. That you could there's forty, how many theaters? Forty three. Forty one. Forty one. Yeah. And if they're most of them are sustaining a show, and on the holidays people, think about how many individual people, if the two thirds sold and they're almost all single tickets, are going to forty one different shows on like Christmas. Totally. It's totally. incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so you worked at Circle again during Norman Conquest. I did. What yeah. Was that time, like
0: that was wonderful. I actually, another. I should work at Circle all yeah. the time because then I had to leave to do another Broadway <laughs> show. I Every time I, I I take on a job as a porter at Circle, I end up getting cast in a show. But
1: that one was across the street. Yes.
0: Yes. I got cast in Mama Mia while I was uh, working at Norman Conquests. I didn't... Were
1: you secretly working on Fun Home when you got cast in King <laughs> Yeah, no, like, I, 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 no, that, no, I was not working there that, <laughs> that.
0: I was try, um, But listen, I might jump back in. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Norman Conquests was really cool because Norman Conquests was Alan Ayckbourn play and it was three different plays uh, and they took place at a different part of this country house. Um, there were six cast members and it was three different like two-hour plays. One of them took place in... In the kitchen, one of them took place in the living room, and one of them took place—or I'm sorry, dining room, uh, dining room, living room, and backyard of one house. And so, um, they would do this thing where on Saturdays and Sundays, every once in a while, they would do all three shows at once. So there was like an 11 a.m. show, mm-hmm. and then there was a 3 p.m. show, and like an 8:30 p.m. show. And I don't—you look—don't quote me on that, but that's something mm-hmm. like that. But it was such a unique thing to watch because it was it was like the span of time at this one house and what is going on in all three rooms. Talk about immersive theater. Right. I mean, that's like Sleep No More. That's like what it was. And you're in the round watching these people Sometimes during the show, there'd just be like one person on stage, and if you saw all three plays, it was such a payoff to be like, oh my god, Well, that was happening in the kitchen, this character was in the backyard just getting drunk. And so when he made an entrance later on into the play that took place in the living room and he was drunk, you're like, oh... I guess he must have been drunk. And then if you went to see the other show, you got to see it happen.
1: It was, you're describing it and I'm like, oh, I wish I could have seen it more than once. Like I saw all three parts once, but that was so cool. It It was was so cool
0: and it was so hilarious. And all of those actors were so wonderful, and all of them were came over from England as well. Mm-hmm. And they had to restage it in this new area, and it was really cool because I was around for the previews for that. By the time that opened, they were exhausted. Oh my God, I remember God. cleaning up on opening night in the theater, like you know, with my trash bag, and being like, "Congratulations!" And just one of the actors being like, "Thank God it's over." As they like walked out, just <laughs> I thought like. I were
1: going to say, you found one of them sleeping.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, aisle. under. <laughs> they didn't make it to the party; they were asleep. But they were by the time that thing opened, it was like opening three different shows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I they had they to, did it. the notes that they must have gotten about it, yeah. So it yeah. was like a marathon for them. It was really cool to watch.
1: Um, so when during that were you cast in Mamma Mia?
0: Um, I got cast in Mamma Mia, mm-hmm. I think, um, I auditioned for it in May, like a few times, and then forgot about it. Because I didn't hear anything, and it took about a month for them to offer me the part. And I think I found out I got it in late June of two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was working on that. But rehearsals didn't start until late August. So I had a couple months. So I, I gave them. <laughs> so I gave them two months' notice on that one. Um, okay. So I didn't have to do both. Yeah. But I. Uh, that was about that timeline. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Um, So I also, in addition to, like, Laura Linney wasn't totally wrong. Circle, it wouldn't have gotten knocked down, but there was a point where they thought it might turn into, like, a TV studio. um, Because what happened was the theater company um, actually ended their, like, run at the venue in the late 90s. um, And uh, it started doing commercial productions, but it did take some time before people, like, really, you know, figured out, I think, how to use the space. Um, And the Chris Rock show filmed there in the 90s. What? Um, Isn't that crazy? And then, um, you know, all of the, like, photos from past productions were taken down um, but eventually they did like transition into being a Broadway theater That like it could have been yeah. just a film Laura show. Linney was
0: right some people were like I don't know how to use this I'm not gonna put anything yeah, up there but yeah. now it's pretty darn hip
1: it's definitely like coveted now yo yeah, yeah. Oh, every, every
0: little show want circle yeah every little show that's like oh we only have like nine people in our musical and like there's only five people in the band we need circle right. we could figure out how to put it in the round you know totally yeah
1: um, it's so funny like if you just hang on to the houses they do become bi- yeah, yeah
0: yeah for sure probably for many different reasons that i don't understand but i think there's something that's happening as an actor recently uh probably over the past 10 15 years specifically where instead of having big casts where a lot of people dance and then other people sing and then other people act it's like a lot of musicals are being produced with people who need to do all of those things so there's a lot of shows that have 10 people in the cast like be more chill who are all character actors and so, like, they need to do the thing. And so, there's a lot more smaller musicals being produced because, well, they're cheaper.
1: Totally. You know? Totally. Yet
0: in Circle is like, well, get it in there because it's yeah. a small house. Yeah.
1: Um, it's also like oh I should also say related to that there was a revival of Sweeney Todd that played Circle and they called it Teeny Todd get and out was, yeah I mean that was like the nickname for it um, and I remember what was crazy about this was I when I interviewed Jim Walton who was in it who has some crazy stories about it and then right after that I interviewed Christian Borle and I always ask everyone what their first Broadway show is and it's usually one of the only questions that I don't know the answer to and he immediately it was like oh my god I saw Sweeney Todd at the, no you way. know, teeny so you Todd. get those Teeny Todd <laughs> those full circle moments where you're like oh yes every when you're interviewing someone else you're interviewing that was their first Broadway show yeah. but yeah i mean when a lot of these theaters were built even in the 70s it wasn't the trend for small musicals that we have now right. small productions like you're yeah. we talking about um and now we need like the spaces
0: for that. well you know this very well but you you know you'd get a program of playbill and it would be like the dancing company and right. the chorus and it was like that you know some people were just there to sing and some people were just there to dance and yeah
1: now everyone's doing
0: everything. You got to, or now you got to play instruments too. So yes. get it together.
1: And you'll be as tired as the Norman Conquest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> By the time you open.
1: Um, well, this is amazing. Is there anything else that um, you would want to add about Circle in the Square? Anything about your time there?
0: Um, yeah. When I, I when I was there, I used to get to turn out the lights on it and walk out. And it used to scare the crap out of me. Because, man, you heard stuff in the catwalks.
1: How, really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, very much so. Like ghosts,
1: like the ghost of Raul Julia. Just things that didn't
0: make, yes, like the Raul Julia ghost. Uh, Things, well, yeah, but things that didn't, you know, I I didn't know what the sounds were, and it was just me, and then I'd have to turn out the lights and leave and lock up and then be like, I hope I didn't forget anything. (laughs) I'm not going back into that theater. They were
1: just like gummy bears. It just
0: felt, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it was the ghost of gummy bears, but it did feel like, um, it did feel like like a spiritual, magical. Like was it Rello Sparza who said, "There's all these people putting all this energy out on the stage." Think about all, and also like Circle was a was a rep company. Mm-hmm. All of the things that they did, um, all of the just like the guts people brought out onto that stage, like.
1: They did the theater company. Um, I mean, originally they did such great, such a great job with classic work that they ended up getting to bring back some of the like O'Neill. that yeah, well, like, the state uh, wouldn't let do. And
0: well, that that uh, Eugene, totally Eugene O'Neill, yeah. like his popularity as a playwright was mostly mm-hmm. after his time writing these plays. Like them doing Long Day's Journey and Tonight was when it started to be like, oh, we should probably pay attention to how incredible this playwright is. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah.
1: But there was so much work. I remember during Godspell some a patron I started talking to about Circle in the Square history um told me that she had seen Lynn Redgrave in Saint Joan. And you just never yeah. know when someone you're sitting next to has like seen something Incredible. Else magical there. Yeah. Incredible.
0: Yeah. 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 So that so I guess I wanted to add that it does feel like I it's there's a, a lot of romance to that space. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool space.
1: Yay, Circle in the Square. Thank yeah. you for joining me, Eric. Thanks for having
0: me, Jen.
1: <laughs> I love it. And thank you to our producer, Dori Berenstein, our editor, Alan Seals, my publishers of The Untold Stories of Broadway, Brisa Trincaro and Roberta Pereira, Zach Zadek for that theme music. And thank you to all of you for listening to the podcast. You can buy The Untold Stories in book version on Amazon.com.